Welcome to Study the Word Podcast with your host, Dr. Marty Mento. Together we will discover wisdom that leads to salvation and spiritual growth. Here with today's Bible teaching is your host, Dr. Marty Mento. Well, thank you, Randy. And once again, welcome to Study the Word Podcast. And if you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Peter chapter 2. That is 2 Peter chapter 2. I realize it has been um, some time since we've taken the opportunity uh, to open God's Word and study together, and um, there have been just so many things going on um, personally in my life and also in the world around us. I know for many of us out there, um, life has been really turned upside down, and um, it's been a challenge uh, 2020. And since the last time we got together on Study the Word podcast, uh, unfortunately but true, I lost my mother, who is today now uh, with her Lord and Savior, her King Jesus. And um, we are grateful uh, that uh, her time period of 86 years here on this earth um, truly was a blessing to so many people. And uh, I was blessed uh, to have her in my life for almost 55 years. And uh, I'm just grateful that uh, she's at peace and at home in a place where God has promised us that there is no sin, uh, there is no sorrow, uh, sickness, nor disease, and no more death, and no more struggles like we've encountered here in this world. The tribulation that Jesus promised would take place, but he reminded us to be of good cheer, for he has overcome this world. And so uh, that, along with other things, it's just been a trying time. But I'm looking forward to 2021. I'm looking forward as we begin a brand new series here on Study the Word podcast. And this series really is going to be a series that I'm going to take my time. And I am hoping at least once a week uh, to provide for you a podcast that will help you to grow Uh, in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because we're going to open God's Word, we're going to study together. But I think we all realize that in the days in which we live, we are living in the last days. We are drawing closer and closer to the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And one of the things that have been really heavy on my heart, that has been of great concern to me for quite some time, I have uh, taught in many churches about this. I've talked with many brothers and sisters in Christ about this. But I really believe it's time for me to just to take the time, break it down, and really kind of bring a teaching that will not only encourage us, strengthen us, challenge us, but also a teaching that will warn us that the days in which we are living are very dangerous. They're very difficult, and not just because of sickness and disease, not just because of all the hatred and the evil and the wickedness that we see in our world today, but because of what is taking place in the visible church in these last days. So I want to do this series called The Visible Church in the Last Days. And I am greatly concerned, I won't lie to you, there's a great alarm within me about what is happening today as I watch, as I listen, and, and I visualize what's taking place, what I hear 
uh, being said and taught, we find each and every day we are getting, once again, the reality of the prophecies that have been spoken by Jesus himself, by those who were a part of um, his building of the church. We're talking about the apostles. As we open God's word, we see those writers who wrote, who warned us not only in their day in which they live, but what was yet to come and how bad it would be. And um, some people have asked the question, I get this quite often, is it going to get worse? And the answer is yes. If you understand God's word, the closer we get to the return of Christ, um, it's going to get much worse. There is coming a day and a time which the great tribulation is going to take place. And according to Jesus himself, it's going to be a time that has been compared to n- no other time. And it's, it's going to be uh, a time uh, of great pain, great sorrow. But at the same time, we know from studying God's word that his gospel message is going to continue until he returns. But as I, you know, quite often read articles, uh, look at Facebook and find out what people are saying, what people are teaching, as I have visited many places over the years, as I listen to people that have now become so-called Bible teachers, and things that are being said and taught within the visible church. And, and again, when we talk about the visible church, we're not talking about a building, uh, a brick and mortar. We're talking about those who claim to be the children of the living God. Uh, they claim to be um, truly born from above. They claim to be the church, um, the sons and daughters of God. And um, we also know that they gather together in so-called worship in these buildings that we call a church. But at the same time, these, this visible church, these people, these buildings, what is taking place from these individuals uh, truly has me in great distress. I, I am alarmed by it because we need to realize that there is things that are being taught, things that are being uh, brought forward. There are activities and things that are being prioritized and things that are being said that just don't line up with the Word of God. And that is the reason I want to do this study. And I want to challenge you. I I know today I've spent many years in Christian radio. Uh, We realize that there is out in our world today Christian TV. Uh, There, you know, not as many as there used to be, but Christian bookstores. There are these places that we can turn to, um, supposedly to be fed, uh, to gain a greater understanding and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But at the same time, we know that there is a popularity in church growth and church growth movements. And uh, as I mentioned before, whether it be on Facebook on YouTube, TikTok, whatever the social media method may be, uh, there are many out there claiming that they are proclaiming the truth, that they are speaking on behalf of our Lord and Savior, King Jesus, that they are teaching what is right, and they are coming against what is wrong. And the list goes on, and quite often when I 
find myself caught up in these uh, different types of programs, um, teachings, and, and on these social media platforms, I find myself really struggling because unfortunately but true, we come to realize that much that is being said out there today doesn't line up with the Word of God. So my concern is that there are many people who will be led astray. They will find themselves in a whirlwind. They will find themselves confused. And I know that even today when I talk and, and I you know, spend time with people who are not saved, they'll even say there's much confusion amongst themselves because they don't know what to believe. Because they hear so many people, so many voices saying so many things, that they just find themselves in great struggles and difficulties and challenges. Uh, who do they believe? Who do they follow? What is, you know, who is saying the right things versus who's saying the wrong things? And I have shared with these individuals, even those who do not know Christ, personally, they, they have not truly been born from above. But at the same time, uh, maybe they were raised in the church. Maybe they have some type of background within Christianity. But they find themselves, again, just in a place of just what in the world is going on. And then I do talk to my brothers and sisters in Christ who are saying the same thing. Um, They are confused because there are so many ministries, quote-unquote, out there today, so many people teaching things. I've realized since this um, pandemic and since this explosion of COVID, not only here in the United States but across the world, now social media platforms have become the way and the means for not just churches and ministries to get their message out there, but many individuals have now become self-proclaimed Bible teachers. And they are doing their videos, and they're putting them out there. And in, in some cases, there are people that have tens of thousands of followers. But at the same time, we have to ask the question, what they are learning, is it truly the Word of God? Are they learning from the Scriptures? Um, Are they truly being pointed to Jesus Christ? And I guess there's many other questions that I have of great concern. And I find myself um, realizing that the only thing I can do, for those of you who do listen to Study the Word podcast, is to go through this series and try to answer a lot of these questions, but really point to what Scripture tells us what will take place in the last days, what we should expect to happen, and how we can really truly discern and understand what is true versus what is false, how we should respond, and how we can deal with it. Because, again, this becomes a challenge. It becomes a challenge for so many people in our world today. And again, this study in itself is not an exhaustive study. I'm not going to be able to cover every passage, every jot and tittle in the Bible about these, you know, this particular issue, but I'm going to do my best to kind of just go through this series and help you to look at this. And I want to encourage you here on Study the Word podcast to 
open your Bible or find a Bible if you don't have one available or listen to this podcast uh, during a time period when you can open the Bible and you can study uh, because what I want to do is I as we open God's Word together I want you to to go further and, and spend the time and dig in and go deeper and look at the, what is being said within the Word of God and cross-reference and and find out, you know, uh, at times when maybe I won't give you a meaning of particular words that you'll look them up and you'll study them and find out in the original language what these words mean. Um, but at the same time, I'm hoping and praying that it will help you uh, truly to discern, to come to realize who is speaking truth and who's not. Um, and, and to me, I really believe it is something of great importance today um, in the day in which we live, because it's going to get worse. And we need to be truly strong and solid and secure in the Word of God. We need to know what we believe and why we believe it. So if you have your Bibles today, wherever you may be listening to this podcast, I first of all want to paint the picture of what is going to take place uh, when it comes to the visible church in the last days. And the way to kind of paint the picture, I want to start with one word. And I think that word, uh, through all the passages that I'll share today on uh, Study the Word podcast, this word really gives us a picture of what we should expect in the last days when it comes to the visible church, and that is the word deception. Deception. There's going to be a lot of deception going on in the last days, especially within the visible church. Now, I want to make it clear that, once again, when we talk about the visible church, it's not necessarily the true church, the true men and women of God. But there are times and places where it is the true men and women of God who have the Spirit of God within them, who are rightly dividing the word of truth. But again, as we look at people all around us, and we look at these ministries and these teachings, and and people quite often are looking for a good church to go to, to be a part of, to worship, we need to understand that the challenge is going to be that there is going to be much deception in the visible church in the last days. So if you have your Bibles, look with me first of all at Second Peter chapter 2, starting with verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Here's what it says. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. And many will follow their sensuality, and because of them the way of the truth will be maligned. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their judgment from long ago is not idle, and their destruction 
is not asleep. Let me stop there, and, and let's just take the time and break this down. First of all, uh, we know from God's Word, and as you study God's Word and we look at the Old Testament, that there were false prophets among God's people, among the children of Israel. And if you take the time and study, you will see that throughout many places, the prophets, God spoke through the prophets and made it clear that these prophets were speaking not on God's behalf, but speaking what was from within them which was evil and wickedness and selfishness, and and they wanted people to be drawn to them. They were prophesying and saying things on behalf of God or in the name of God that just were not true. And if you read in the Old Testament, in regards to these prophets of old who were false prophets, you began to realize that God really truly was not going to play any games with them. Uh, he was angry with them, and he made it clear through his true prophets that he was not going to tolerate what they were speaking. He was going to deal with them, and he was going to deal with them harshly, and rightfully so. Um, Matter of fact, we know from the Word of God in many places like Jeremiah and Ezekiel, But the prophets and the priests were polluted. They were wicked. They again were speaking things that were not of God. They were speaking things of themselves. And the people were listening to them, believing that they were listening to God. And then when it came to the true prophets, as they would speak on behalf of God, they would come against the true prophets of God. And in the midst of it, there was much chaos, but we find from the Word of God that the true prophets of God were quite often, if not in most cases, put to death. They suffered persecution. They were hated by men. And they were eventually put to death because those who were listening would not accept what was being said by the true prophets. But instead, what they were doing is they were listening to the false prophets. They were trusting the false prophets to lead them and guide them. And this is, was a real issue, uh, an issue that, according to Second Peter, becomes an issue today. Because what Peter is saying here is, But false prophets also arose among the people. First of all, I want to look at this for just a moment. You'll see the correlation here. They arose among the people. In other words, they were being accepted by the people. They came from within the people. They didn't come from the outside in. They arose among the people. They were among God's people in the Old Testament. And this is something that I think that we have to carefully look at and just be aware because this is one of those cases where we have to realize as Christians so often we look to the outside and we are concerned about what is on the outside coming in to our gathering, coming in um, to 
us as believers, and we're constantly looking outwardly. We're kind of looking on the outside. We're looking through the windows, looking into the world, expecting much of the falsehood to come from that. But the truth of the matter is, the falsehood arose among the people. It was there within them. And that's why Peter says here, just as there will also be false teachers among you. So what's taking place here is the fact that you had not only the false prophets arising from among God's people, but there are going to be false teachers among the visible church, among those who truly are the sons and daughters of the living God. These false teachers will be among you. And again, I want to be careful with this because I know that what can happen with this is that some people will find themselves questioning everything that is said by any individual. But at the same time, I want to say to you that we have a responsibility to truly look very carefully at everything that is being taught today within the people who claim to be the children of God. We have a responsibility because I'm always thinking about what the Scripture tells us when it came to, like, for instance, when Paul and them were preaching, and you go back to the book of Acts, and Paul was on his missionary journey. And in his missionary or on his missionary journey, Uh, Paul came to a place called Berea. And when Paul and Silas went there, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, that those at Berea were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily, to see whether these things were so. Now, I want to stop there for a moment. I want you to think about this. I have found myself really just baffled and bewildered at how often I will visit a church and I will see people who come to this church to worship God and to hear the preacher or the Bible teacher proclaim, quote-unquote, the Word of God, but yet they don't bring the Word of God with them. They don't open the Scriptures. They're not examining to see whether or not what is being spoken is truly the Word of God. Now, I know if you're driving down the road or if you're at work and you happen to put on a Christian radio station or you're watching Christian television, or you're watching some type of ministry, or listening to a podcast, or something, wherever you may be, depends on where you may be listening or watching. It may be quite difficult. Or even if you're picking up a book, 
it may be quite difficult because of your circumstances at that time to have a Bible with you and open. But I have to be honest with you, we need to. We need to be sure that what is being spoken is being spoken truly from the Word of God and that it is truly and rightly divided and the truth is being spoken in such a way that we know it is true. I find today a lot of Christians love to jump on a lot of catchphrases, Christianisms, you know, they, they love little statements that certain Bible teachers or preachers will make or certain verses that they will go to. And they will proclaim these verses. They, they, they will say the words, and people will get excited. Uh, people will begin to amen and praise God. But yet, quite often, the words, uh, the statements that are being made, are taking out of context. They're not truly in the proper context within the pages of God's holy word. The Christianese or the Christianisms that are spoken are done so uh, purposely by individuals because they know that people get excited about them. And so they kind of jump on the bandwagon and they follow these individuals, and, and they love listening to them because it makes them feel good. You have the people that purposely, when they are teaching and preaching, they want to, and they are purposely trying to make the listener feel good about themselves, good about life, good about the things of God, good about everything. Because they want to place you in this kind of uh, on the yellow brick road kind of Dorothy and Toto type of syndrome in your Christianity, where you're just skipping along and singing and you're happy and the sun is shining and everything is great each and every day. But the truth of the matter is, what is being spoken, what is being shared, you know, as the old saying goes, is like a half inch deep but a mile wide. There's no real depth to it. Or if you have that passage, as I mentioned, that quite often is used, it's those go-to passages that make people feel good, that make people respond in some way, but they're really not gaining a good, wholesome understanding. They're not growing, and it's being done truly on purpose. And these false teachers are really men and women who have been sent by the enemy himself to destroy the church, to lead people astray. And the wickedness of the hearts that we'll see as we study this, these passages in this series, that they want people to follow them. It no longer becomes about Jesus Christ and about his kingdom. It's no longer about his lordship and his deity, but it is about the individual who is speaking or the individual who's teaching. So once again, back to our text, just as false prophets arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you. 
And what do these false teachers do? Well, first of all, it tells us who will secretly introduce destructive heresies. This secretly issue is an issue that is really something that is done once again on purpose because what they believe and what they are sharing doesn't line up with the Word of God. But they themselves have determined that this is what they believe. This is what they will bring forth. They're making a choice, their own opinions, their their own belief systems. They are going to bring it to the table, but they secretly introduce them because that's the way the enemy works. That's the way false teachers work. If If they came out just boldly and presented themselves for what they really are, and what they're all about, most likely most people wouldn't follow. But if you take and you twist and you turn it a little bit, you add to it, you take away from it, you put your own spin on it, and I'm talking about the Word of God, then what happens is you can truly uh, bring great confusion to some, but to others you will find they will like what they hear. They, they will themselves want to follow because what's happening is they're the ones who have the itchy ears, and these teachers are going to tickle their ears. These teachers are going to give them what they want. Now, obviously, when it comes to, and we'll talk about that later on in the series, when it comes to those who are solid, those who do rightfully and rightly, I should say, divide the Word of God, those who are well-equipped and understand the importance of studying the Word of God, they will recognize the, the alarms, the bells will go off. They'll realize what is being spoken is not true. But it contradicts. It takes away. It adds to. It brings about something that is not truly found within the pages of Scripture. But these, these individuals will secretly introduce these destructive heresies. Now, if you have your Bible, keep your finger there in Second Peter chapter 2. But if you go to Jude, the book of Jude, and you look at verse 4, we find something else very interesting. And it says here, For certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. But do you see that? These certain persons have crept in unnoticed. They creep in secretly. Going back to Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Secretly, unnoticed, they become a part of of the visible church in some way, shape, or form. Now, if I was going to go further and paint the picture, and again, remember, this is not an exhaustive study, but to give to you an understanding of what this will be like, Paul told young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, listen to these words, but realize this, in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, rivalers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, 
irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. But listen to verse 5 that brings us an understanding of these false teachers. Having a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, and avoid such men as these. Now, this is, once again, a picture here. They have a form of godliness or a form of religion. And that word form is really an outward appearance. You have those who can play the role, the part. They speak the Christianese language. They know Bible verses. They know stories within the Bible. They will talk about and really display to others, quote-unquote, that they're one of them. They'll go to the church. They'll be a part of the worship services. They will pray before their meals. They'll talk about things. They'll they'll have the kind of outward appearance that seems like they have some type of godly morality but they deny its power. How they deny its power, the power here we're talking about is the presence of the Holy Spirit. And what we have to realize is is that the true men and women of God have the Holy Spirit within them. And what is displayed by the power of the Holy Spirit within the person is what we find in the book of Galatians is the fruit of the Spirit. We see the fruit of the Spirit within their lives. We know that they are truly belonging to Christ by their fruit. Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit. So if you're looking through and you begin to study and you begin to realize that in the book of Galatians, we have an understanding of what fruit is. If you're going to look at someone's life or really look at your own life, because we should be examining our own, but but when you're within the visible church, you have to understand whether or not, if Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit, do they have the presence, the power that is displaying, that is bringing forth the fruit of the Spirit? And if you want to look at that and read that, you go to Galatians chapter 5, and you will see the contrast between the flesh and the Spirit. Starting in verse 16 of Galatians chapter 5, right down through verse 26. But the truth of the matter, the fruit of the Spirit is very evident. It's evident because the Spirit of God is truly there dwelling among that individual. Now, if you want to know more and learn more about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit, I would encourage you to study Romans chapter 8. But in Romans chapter 8, there is a verse that is very important. It says in verse 9, However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. There's the key. He does not belong to him. So going back here uh, to Paul as he's teaching this young pastor 
um, the man that he has taken underneath his wing and he is discipling and, and helping and, and encouraging and training, he's telling young Timothy, these in the last days, you'll have people that have a form of godliness, but they have denied its power. But what's interesting, too, it says in the next verse, for among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses. Now, this is interesting because the word enter, among them are those who enter into these households. The word enter in the Greek means to creep into. Once again, given us a picture that there is a plan in mind, there is a work that is being done, but it's not of God. They are going to bring and try to gain entrance even into the homes of weak-willed women who may not be strong in the faith, but they're doing so to bring destruction to bring forth the reality of what they're all about. So as we look at this, and again, we'll go back to our text in 2 Peter chapter 2, we begin to realize that these false teachers, they're going to secretly, they're going to come in, they're going to creep in, they're going to be amongst us, they are going to be a part of the visible church. They are going to secretly introduce destructive heresies. Now, this is interesting. The word heresies in the Greek gives us an understanding of a choice and an opinion. So when I look at this, I begin to realize that this word heresy really paints a picture of that which is an opinion um, or the imagination or um, that which has been created by men. They make this choice to do so. This is what they believe. This is what they bring forward, but it doesn't line up with the Word of God. It's heretical. It stands in opposition to the truth. And that's where I think it becomes so dangerous in the day and age in which we live. Because in our day and age in which we live, everybody wants to have a voice. Everyone wants to have a say-so. Everyone has the right to their opinion. I remember remember many, many, many years ago in my first ministry that I was a part of in in a local church, I was the pastor of, the associate pastor, excuse me, of evangelism and discipleship, which are two of my great passions. And the pastor, the senior pastor of the church asked me, Marty, we have these small groups. What I would like you to do is go visit each one of these small groups Sit back and listen to those who are leading the small groups and what they are teaching and and kind of bring together just an understanding of how things are going. We'll sit down, we'll talk more, uh, we'll gather with the elders, and we'll we'll look at what's happening and just to make sure that, you know, everything is, you know, being done in the right way. And what's especially being taught is biblical and we're doing And I'll never forget, I ended up going eventually to the largest small group that church had. And the individual who led this small group was known within the church as a very, quote-unquote, solid, very well-versed Bible teacher. 
But what amazed me was when this individual began to teach in the group several times during that evening, the Bible, so-called Bible teacher, would say to everyone, tell us, what does this mean to you? What does this mean to you? Excuse me, what does this mean to you? And you would sit there and you would have within the room varied beliefs, opinions, um, you know, thoughts that they had that did not necessarily line up with what the text, what was before us within the Word of God. And what I really kind of amazed me and made me take a step backwards was it seemed to be that this teacher was encouraging the fact that almost like the majority ruled. If many people believe that the Scripture was saying this, then that must be what the Scripture is saying. And I began to realize as I took my report back to the senior pastor and the elders that this was very disheartening because what was being done in the small group was not teaching the Word of God by someone who was qualified and gifted in the area of teaching the Word of God, but that they were basically making their own choices and opinions and and bringing forth whatever they wanted to bring forward. And that is something that I find today truly something that is happening quite often. Um, people believe in myths. The Bible talks about that. Paul ta- told young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and, and of Jesus Christ is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. There's the key. Sound doctrine. They're not going to endure it. And I really believe that that's where we're at today, where we have many people that are unwilling to hold to sound doctrine. And that word sound means that which is winsome or true or uncorrupted, or not winsome, excuse me, wholesome. I don't know why I said the word winsome, but it's wholesome. It's, it's um, true. It's uncorrupted. But instead, they, wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. And that, once again, is the picture that we're seeing here, going back to our text in Second. Peter chapter 2. And what I find interesting is we find this theme all throughout the Word of God. Matter of fact, Jesus, in the Olivet Discourse, if you've ever taken the time to study the Olivet Discourse, the last days, when when his disciples came up to him, And as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives in Matthew chapter 24, the disciples privately said to Jesus, tell us when these things will be, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? 
And Jesus' first words out of his mouth, listen to me carefully, his first words that he spoke to them was this, see to it that no one misleads you. That is really the whole premise of this series and why I am bringing this to the Study the Word podcast. He's telling his disciples, see to it first and foremost that no one misleads you. Then he says, for many will come in my name, then saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. There will be even people out there who will claim to be the Messiah, claim to be Jesus, return to the earth, and many people will follow them. That's mind-boggling in itself. Because if you understand true biblical Christianity, you realize that Jesus is sitting in that place of prominence, of uh, preeminence at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And someday he is coming back. But he hasn't returned yet. But he will be when the time is right. But then if you study and you go through this, he tells his disciples that there's coming a time when many will fall away. They'll fall away from true biblical Christianity from claiming to be followers of Jesus, or maybe they'll still be followers, but they're not really going to be true followers of Christ. Just they will have that form of godliness, as we've talked about. They'll say the right words, but they'll deny the power. They're going to fall away, or they will come out boldly and speak against Jesus and his kingdom. Jesus said that many false prophets will arise and mislead many. Lawlessness is going to increase. He really paints a picture that is quite frightening. For false Christ and false prophets will arise, will show great signs and wonders, so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Well, first of all, it's not possible. God's elect will not be misled because the sheep hear the shepherd's voice, and they follow the shepherd and the shepherd only. And you find that in John chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. But the picture I want to paint from you that even Jesus is talking about, as we draw closer and closer to the time period of the Great Tribulation, to the return of Jesus Christ himself, it's going to get worse. Many people are going to be misled. Many people are going to follow these false teachers false prophets. And back to our text, the scripture says what they're going to do. They're going to bring in destructive heresies, their own opinions, they're, they're going to, their own choice. They're going to see the scriptures the way they want to. They're going to present it to people. And you're going to find people that are going to flock. People are going to follow, but they're destructive because ultimately what they are doing is leading them away from our Lord and Savior, our Master Jesus Christ. It's not true biblical Christianity. It's destructive. It's damnable heresies. And it says, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. They'll deny the master. They'll deny the fact that Christ truly is 
the Messiah, the Son of the living God, that he is the, the Lord of all, they will deny. They will come against Jesus. They will question Jesus. Think about the day in which we live. How many today have questioned whether or not Jesus is the only way to God the Father in heaven? And so many have said he can't be the only way. That's foolishness. He's not really Lord. There are those who will say that he is a created being, just like we were created by God. I mean, there's so much that is being taught today and stated, and so many people are being led astray because of these destructive heresies. And the Bible says that many will follow their sensuality. I find that interesting that many in the last days, this issue of sensuality will be a major issue. Also in verse 3, their greed. It will be about money, and not only about sensuality and the things that are touching the emotions and the feelings, but the things that are sexual, but also their greed, the things that stir them in placing and teaching about desires and longing, and it won't be for Jesus Christ and for his kingdom. It won't be for the things of holiness, but it'll be just the opposite. And it says here, because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. That word maligned in the Greek means blasphemed. The way of truth will be blasphemed. And these individuals will exploit people with false words, as it says in verse 3. And the only satisfaction that we do have is that God tells us that their judgment from long ago is not idle. And their destruction is not asleep. And it goes on to talk about God didn't even spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to pits of darkness reserved for judgment. He did not spare the ancient word, but preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. He talks about Sodom and Gomorrah, and he goes on. But but the point here is we, we see that it, that truly... God's wrath will be upon these people. Vengeance belongs to him. But we need to be aware that in the last days, when it comes to the visible church, this is the deception that we're going to face. The next time here on Study the Word podcast, we're going to continue with this. I'm going to give you just a few more scriptures, and and we're going to continue to move in this series. But, but I really want to ask all of you out there who listen to this podcast, do you know what you believe and why you believe it? Do you take the time to really open God's Word and to study His Word? When you are listening, when you are reading, when you are watching, those teach, those who claim to be teachers of the Word, do you take your Bible and open it up and listen very carefully? Do you take it further and make sure that words, which do have meanings, that what is being spoken by the so-called Bible teacher is being spoken correctly? Do you understand that context is of the utmost importance? If we get the context wrong, we get the whole passage, we get the interpretation wrong. And I think all of us, to some degree, at different points and places in our life, 
maybe because of our newness to Christianity, maybe because we're young in the faith, maybe because we have not really taken the time and been diligent in opening the Scriptures and examining them daily to see what is being taught, what is being spoken, what is before us is really the truth. But we've just accepted it because we like the individual who's teaching. We like the way they look or the way they sound on the radio or on TV, or we like the way they write in a book, or because they seem like a wonderful person. They seem like to be a godly individual. But isn't it interesting that the Bible tells us that when it comes to the enemy, he comes as an angel of light? Is what we see and what we hear on the outside, where does it come from in the inside? But what is truly on the inside? Is the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit, is it evident in the ministry and the work of these individuals, in the lives in which they live? But what they're speaking, is it truth? Is it truth because we have taken the time to realize that this is what God has said, and we have rightly divided the word of truth? I've often said this, if there's a right way to divide the Word of God. There must be the wrong way. Thanks for listening to Study the Word Podcast with Bible teacher Dr. Marty Minto. If you have questions in regards to today's study or any questions about the Bible and or spiritual issues, then email us at studythewordpodcast at gmail.com. We hope through today's teaching you have learned biblical truths so that you can teach others and defend the Christian faith. Tell others about Study the Word Podcast available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor.fm. Once again, thanks for listening to Study the Word Podcast with Dr. Marty Mento.